0: To Sweet Release Healing's Roundtable. I'm Andrea Lovett of Sweet Release Healing. We have with us the fantastic Antoinette, Charity, and Carlene. I am talking really fast because we're excited to talk about something that I started talking about before we hit record. So here we are. We also have the wonderful, fantastic, amazing, and awe inspiring Morgan and Sharon, who are our even better producers. So, what I was saying is so, tonight's topic, by the way, is ancestors. So hang out if you do. If you don't like ancestors, I don't know what to tell you. They might not like you back as well. But what i was saying is so a couple weeks ago i was freaking out inside like super tight flipping out inside and i was scared and i was scared of a particular outcome and i said to spirit and i was like hey you know what this is just in my way oh my god i can't do this and i looked at my my spirit guide's when we were still talking we just mended fences today we haven't been talking for like 2 weeks i was like i'm mad at i was mad as hell and they were like knocking on a door and i was like I don't know what that is, but I'm not talking to you. (laughs) The first time my entourage was like, maybe she's pay attention to me. And they were like, damn it. She's not. She's just never mind." Anyhow, I talked to spirit and I was like, Hey, this fear is it's in my way. Can you, and they were like, why don't you just forget about it? And it was one of those like non-corporeals with their freaking Valley girl voice. And they're like, why don't you just forget about it? And I was like, you can forget about your fears. And they were like, yeah. And I was like, can you help me forget about my fears? And they're like, yeah. I was like, can can we do it right now? Absolutely. I know what I was afraid of. I know the reality of the situation, but I forgot the fear piece. I forgot to be afraid. And I have still, I'm still forgotten to be afraid. It actually might be more like three or four weeks now because it's definitely more than two, isn't it? Yeah, it's definitely more than two. It's closer to three or four. Has not come back up. Not me taking notes <laughs>
1: i know i can like, take let me all get my notes.
0: notebook but this but then i was thinking they reminded me of this cuz you know i'm writing my book right and i got another thousand pages not thousand pages oh god i'd be so happy it'd be done i got another thousand words written last night cuz i took it home and i was so happy like sitting in my bed in my snuggly jammies working. working on my book while my kid was snacking next to me And I realized that last year or the year before I was struggling wicked hard with, um, imposter syndrome and feeling like a fraud. And that part of my ego voice was like, you suck. You can't do this. Oh my God. You're the worst. And yeah, that was like easily two years ago. And then I forgot the words imposter syndrome. And I know every single one of you have seen me forget those words before specifically. And I'm like, you know, it's that thing where you feel like You're not you and you're not good at what you do and you shouldn't be there. And I would describe the whole fucking thing, but I couldn't remember what it was called. They did that for me then too. And now I'm like, what, what else can I forget? Taxes. (laughs) My (laughs) ex-husband. What else can I forget? What, what can we work with spirit on, on forgetting? So it doesn't get in the way anymore because I'm telling you right now, if it worked for me, it's not, it's going to work for you. I'm not a unique snowflake. There's a path for me. There's one for you. And literally all I did was ask. So I kind of want you guys to all try this. And I want you guys, this is everybody listening to on TikTok, everybody who's listening on the podcast. I want you to try this. And then in like three days later, a week later, a day later, an hour later, I don't fucking care, whatever it is. Message me, send me an email, Andrea at sweet dot com, and tell me how you got along with it, and just put it in, like put it in the in the subject line, like I forgot my fears, so I can keep these already because I kind of want to make like a little composium of them and see how it's worked for other people, even if it didn't work for you, I want to know, because I'm dying to see this, and I really want to put this into like some social media posts to help out other people. I'm like, oh. Charity. I might regret it. I don't know. I, I, how can we regret our fears? It'd be great. You still have the knowledge behind it, but like, mm-hmm. Carrie, she wants to forget her addiction to food and carbs. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Jessica drafting the, she's drafting it now. She's drafting her email right now. And Stephanie well, has a major fear of being left. Um, Jared said, you can put it in discord. Mary said, sugar. I'm going to say toxic boys.
1: Are there times where fears can be beneficial? If they drive you forward.
0: Yes, because I use my fear to drive me forward. I'm nervous before every podcast, before on every France. lie. Live. I always freeze. It's fine. Um, Even if I freeze on here, I'm still
1: recording so it will catch up. Okay. So I use
0: fear to propel me forward, no matter what I'm doing. If I'm heading into a workshop, if I'm heading into a session, I don't care if it's a 15 minute psychic read, I'm still going to have a little bit of nervous and I get a little tight inside and I'm like, don't let me choke on this one. Don't let this one be the one that I don't do well on. You know what I mean? And I get nervous. Even before the podcast, I get nervous. I use that to make sure I'm prepared. That fear alerts me to what could possibly happen. So what can I do? What evasive maneuvers can I take right now to make sure that doesn't happen? That's when I use fear. We don't want to go and forget. Well,
1: we don't want to go and forget all of them then.
0: (laughs) No. We just want to forget the ones that are making us spiral and cycle and not helping us move forward. I'm going to have fun with this. (laughs) Thanks for the follow, Lizzie. So, okay, back to topic, because we are talking about ancestors tonight. I thought we should start with human ancestors, because that's the one most people are comfortable with. Um, when you say like your off-world ancestors and you start talking about those have never had a body before, some people get a little funky about that one and you're what are you talking about? And then we go into like soul family and groups and all that stuff. So I figured we'd start nice and easy-ish. Yes, there's most a lot of emotionality and tied to it. Understood. Not saying didn't say it was simple. <laughs> Just said it was kind of easy. Humans are easier to read. So. Share and share alike,
1: babies. Our human ancestry.
0: What do you want to know about it? How are you talking to him on a daily?
2: Are you talking to him on a daily? I don't. I don't. No, that's oh, that's my. that's one because when it comes to the human ancestors, I talk to them the least.
3: Same. That's where <sighs> my conversation that's... took a turn today with them too. So I was like, why I don't feel connected to you guys like I do everybody else. And they were like, we're your silent strength. And I was like, that makes sense.
2: I feel connected to mine. They show up. I see them. I feel them. I hear them. But I don't talk to them on purpose like I do others in my entourage.
1: Um, so I've
4: been around a lot. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> uh-huh. Uh I, I just um,
2: yeah, I figured I was going to have a hard time with ancestors because they're a part like they're a part of that, and I'm gonna have to talk about them, but you're right it's um it's the emotional part when talking to those human ancestors because because sometimes they do come in really, really close, and I have a really, really hard time with it.
0: For me, it's ancestors who I knew a lot in this life come up, like my uncle Beasy, his wife, my auntie Cam, um, who is actually the one who's blood related to me. I have never really seen Uncle Joe come up, and that breaks my heart. Um, and auntie Phyllis, I just kind of get like wafty wafties of her every once in a while. Uncle Joe is the one who taught me how to understand if plants were happy where they were or not. He was the one who was really green thumbed and taught me a lot about how plants grow on, in, on this planet in earth. Um, and then I know like my uncle Leo, every once in a while pops up, who's my grandfather's side and my great grandmother on my mother's side comes up a lot on her mother's side. Um, but that's kind of it. Like those are like my go-tos and the ones I'll pay attention to and listen the most. Like my great grandmother helps me with a lot of, um, organizing of bigger groups of people because she had 13 children so she really understood how to organize people and play to their strengths and even if they wasn't something they wanted to do too fucking bad we got to get the strawberries harvested you know what i mean and my ani cam helps me when i'm not sure about the decisions i'm making Uncle B's um he fucking cracks me up because he'll come in sessions a lot, and he'll get right in people's face, and he'll be like, "You listen to her, she knows what she's talking about, she really is. and he's just like this happy old man um but those are really the only ones i I pay attention to. I don't feel call at all a tight call to my human ancestry. I feel a tight
2: call to them. I just don't prefer it when I'm talking to them. And I really think it has to do with the emotional side. But like when I was helping, like being read, um, my ancestors come up to where I actually, like the whole going back to the roots thing that we were talking about, like it came up to where I actually really do need to talk to them more. Because I need to go back and pay attention to that. And so they've been coming up more lately, but with me, because there's so many, and many of them that I am close to, that it becomes really overwhelming at times, when I'm trying to deal with it. Like, I will have to tell something, like, you've got to back off, for me, because there's several, sometimes,
4: yeah. So Sharon put a really interesting question in the chat um, of whether or not it's a cultural difference on how much we pay attention to the ancestors. And I think she's very much onto something, because for me, I was raised in my Native culture, and that is something that we acknowledge on a daily basis. There are certain things that we do on a daily basis that keeps us connected to those ancestors, that keeps us honoring those ancestors. I think because I grew up that way, I have always automatically had a certain amount of connection. Um, for me, yeah, like you were saying, the ones that you immediately knew in life, um, for sure, I have three that pop in often, often, often. My two grandmothers and one of my uncles. But then too, I have also seen some from very far back, like really far back and when me and my aunt on my on my native side get together we're both sensitive and we both have sim- some that are in both our teams and we can definitely feel
1: those presences when we're hanging out together
0: i love that i think that's really cool when i'm hanging out with family I feel the family that are there and just a couple echoes of those that have come before. But again, it's, it's the ones I felt the closest and the safest to, because I have a hard time with the human side anyhow. Like I have a really hard time with the human side. I. Know for a fact, like curse breaker comes up, of course, because you you can't be a light worker here and not be like the ancestral curses and traumas and habits breaker, right? And I look at them and I think about like positive and negative attributes I've gotten. I've I've been given from them and passed down and patterns of behavior. And I just don't feel that in touch with it. And I've seen people in sessions and workshops and stuff where they're breaking these big lines of behavior and patterns of behavior that have been passed down from ancestor to ancestor to ancestor. And I've seen all of these ancestors just kind of like line up. But when I look over at my human ancestry, they all look so odd and different. Like there's a man here and he's got a thick head of hair. He's probably in his fifties, sixties, and he's got like ruddy skin. Um, and a bigger bulbous nose and a really bushy, um, blondish orange, more blonde, um, like strawberry blonde mustache. And it goes into a beard and the mustache hangs over the sides of the beard, but he's short. He's like five, two, and he feels just more, I guess, Scandinavian. I don't know. He's kind of got that accent going, but then there's also people who are clearly, um, From the cradle of life, from the Nile. There's so many from, I I haven't stayed in the same ancestry long enough. I don't feel like, I feel like I've hopped around this planet so many times. That feeling, a call to that line of people who all have passed down the same information over and over again is lost on me. That's
1: interesting. My my feeling is similar. I don't, um, like, they come up for
3: me when I'm cooking or, like, in my spell work. They love to tell me, oh, add a little bit more of that. Oh, wait, go grab that. Yeah. Yeah. Go grab that one and sprinkle a little of that. And then I'm like, well, why? And they're like, just do it. (laughs) They're like, and sometimes they'll be like, well, because this one's good for protection. Or, like, this one will give it this nice, uh, rounded out flavor or whatever. And I trust it. And it works.
1: So... But other than that, I don't, I don't. And then like, even when I'm pinpointing the group in my entourage,
3: I see the the group and I, you know, I can see them. There's just not a lot of chatter. (laughs) And like, you're similar to you, like the ones that I, that do come up like in my face a lot. Uh are the ones that I knew in this life, and then even then, I'm not super connected to them because my family has been spread out across the whole United States, or really the whole world
1: basically mm-hmm. we're not close, so I just don't
0: so it's just cooking part of me wonders because we're the ones here to break that like break old habits and patterns of behavior that don't work anymore. Or have they already been broken?
2: I think um, I don't know. That's that's interesting. <clears throat> it, you could be onto something there. If you don't have nearly as many, not nearly as many, pop up. Maybe those are the ones that you have broken those in. I know for me, there's so many. There's there's lines. There's certain lines of ancestry that go way back, but like, it was really important in our family to keep up with who did what. And like my great aunt, she was kind of like the record keeper of the stories and things. Um, My uncle, Harwayne, and now me, like I have the records of birth certificates and lineage and the files back and... I've always been drawn to where I've been, who's been a part of it. The ones closest to me are the ones that, like, Momo will talk about cooking. However, a lot of times it's when I get into thinking about why people do the things they do, how I need to change. What can I do to be better and why it is in this world? I have those conversations with a few of those close, but because they're really intense and because like I'm usually wrecked at the end, I don't go to them a lot when I just want to know, should I go to the store? Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to them for that. mm
1: mm-hmm.
2: But it is um lines of them, so I don't I don't know, but that's how I see them. I don't know if that what that is.
1: Do any of you get the distinct feeling that you've been your own ancestor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Through you some said. of the lines, yeah.
0: I put Easter eggs in my not physical DNA, but my energetic. What do you mean? Places, you know, you. Um, So it's kind of like stacking your own deck. It's where you're going down your energetic line. So you have two lines of DNA. You have the physical line, which is like that Attica sheath, where it's that DNA double helix. And that's passed down from your parents to you. It's physical. It stays in the third dimension. That's it. And then you have what lays on top of it and fills up all the space in between is your energetic DNA. This is the part that brings up more personality, more fears, more knowledge, the philosophical debates and um, characteristics that we hold even from birth. This is why like when babies are given a stimuli, like they'll be given the same stimuli. Ready? Right? A room full of newborns. Some of them are going to get really quiet and try to open their eyes and look for the sound. Some of them are going to try to lean away from it and get small. Some of them are going to straight up cry and scream. There's a whole lot of different reactions and responses that they all have. And now, if we fra- flash forward to like a car accident, right? There's a car accident in the middle of an intersection, and that's not good. There's a ton of different reactions and responses from people. Some will go toward the danger, pulling out their phone or seeing what they can do to help. Some are running away. Some are trying to avoid and leave. Some are, you know, it's what you do with that fear and adrenaline. What are you going to do with it? It's pretty much the same chemical response because of the DNA that we have for the physical side, but the energetic dictates more of our responses and it's solidified through our experiences in life through that balanced ego system where the balanced ego is like, let's figure out your preferences. So what I did, and I've seen this before, like my whole life, I, I think I was like f- maybe nine or seven when I first saw this is that big line of energetic DNA. So there's the, it's like a, a really dark blue, almost black DNA double helix. And then in the middle of all of that is the sparkly blue and it's packed. It's just really densely packed, sparkly blue. And there's all these lines that shoot through it. And I remember taking like these little white eggs for lack of better term and they're bright white and I put them inside of it and they were to be unlocked in certain circumstances as I met them in time. This is why our gifts shift and change. This is why we're drawn to do certain things at certain times. Like now is the time for us to look into our gifts, whereas we can back off a little bit and then we go into it and suddenly we're like, Damn, there's a teacher here and there's a client there and there's a student here and, you know, mentor over here because we have opened up that Easter egg to allow that energy burst out and to change our physical energy to start attracting those things. It's not always about attraction. Sometimes it's about enlightening inside of us where um, like a, a lens will fall off, blinders will fall off it goes in hand in hand with our lessons and what we wanted to experience in this life.
1: So
4: when I was thinking about all of this earlier today, thinking about like, what am I going to bring to the table? I had this question just keep coming up for me. Like, how do we, how do we work with or heal from the ancestors we'd rather not claim? (laughs) Or like, how do we, I don't know, come to terms with a lot of those things because I know like for me, there are some ancestors that did really horrible
1: things (laughs) and that's why I look the way they do or things like that.
0: (laughs) I think we all have come from lines that have done really horrible things, though. And someone asked me this um, on a Facebook post where I shared one of my videos in Reels. And they said something along the lines of, what if your ancestors are bad, though? Now, we know that, of course, on the human plane, they were bad. But once they cross over, human attributes are dropped. Human emotions, for the most part, are dropped. And whatever part their quote-unquote bad deeds did gets filed away in their Akashic records, and they start to see, and so do others, start to see, um, like those who were involved, the bigger perspective of it. That causing harm to another or a group of another's had a bigger effect on the light because it sparked three times that amount to search out spirit inside of them, or some way, shape, or form, brought them to the light. However, it came up for them. I think that's the hard part is as humans, we really like to pass judgment. We see it as good or bad because we're in a plane of existence that categorizes it as good or bad. It's the system set up that way. It's supposed to be.
1: But when we're in spirit world, we don't.
0: And I've seen people get visibly upset in sessions with me when an ancestor comes up or a passed over loved one. And they're like, I do not want to talk to that person at all. And they get really, really upset. And it's not that the spirit doesn't listen. It's just that they're like, listen, I got to tell you something. And then I'll back right back off. But here we are. And you need to know X, Y, and Z. I think when we are talking to our ancestors, I think all of us could use a word of caution to not put human attributes on them any longer unless they keep repeating the same shit and they're in your life again, then by all means judge away. But we're never going to be able to see the full scope of it until we do put those pieces aside.
1: And that's going to be a hard one for us. Like a really hard one. I think that
2: that's, that's, that's really hard. And I I think everyone, if you look back far enough, you will find someone that you would say did not do great things or did bad things here. When I look at them, I really, really try to drop the judgment and realize that whatever they were doing in this life, the choices that they made, Was theirs to make, no matter how I feel about them right now. And to know that they realize what it is that they, or what choices they made now that they're gone. And that they're settled. And then eventually one day I will be settled with it. Because here in this mud, it is very hard to see it. Like, I don't know how to explain it exactly. It's kind of like forgiveness, but not forgiveness, right? Not like, because sometimes it's like, you just can't. Like, you can't face them at that point. You can't let that go at that point. Because we're in our emotions and we're still in our judgment and we're still hurting from the pain or whatever it is that was caused. And I don't think we can look at it without putting that human bias on it. If that makes any sense at all, but I do try not to put as much bias on it as I normally would if they were living and breathing and standing in front of me being like, this is not okay, this is wrong, right? But it's a hard concept. Like that's hard hard to do at any point in time, I think for people, for me too. But I do try to look at it with. Without judging their life, because it is not my place. Mm -hmm. Even if even if they hurt me, I can stand over here and say, that was messed up. I'm not okay with that. Eventually, I'm going to heal from it. And I'm trying not to be like that. But that's hard, like. You know, because when somebody does something wrong or bad or what, whatever terminology you want to give it. Because there are things people do you just don't understand. Yeah. And so it's hard not to do that and to just look at it as they had a choice when they're here to make those choices to either do the best and to help humanity. And then sometimes... I feel it depends on who it is. I feel um. I feel sorry for them because they got tied down in the, in the muck and tied down in whatever it is, the bitterness and the whatever it is. And so sometimes I try to be. And that's hard to say, sympathetic. Because I know that some people are like, well, my family member did this and I can't be and and I get that, for whatever it is. I'm trying to be like. I don't know how to explain this exactly or if I'm just spinning my
1: wheels I think you're doing just fine explaining it but I really even those living relatives
2: ancestors or whatever I try to there's times when I get fighting mad and throw fits because of their behavior
1: mm-hmm.
2: But then at times when I stand back and look at them, I pity them because they cannot see the light. And I don't know that they will. Yeah. And they have to suffer through what they're putting themselves
1: through. And then I see it from a different perspective. And then sometimes I don't. I don't
2: know. But it's hard.
4: I think for me, I think that's why in this lifetime I have been so big about working on that ancestral trauma because it's, especially like the last few generations on both sides is very different kinds of trauma. One from the genocidal perspective and one from the people doing the genociding. So it's like, I've definitely walked that line my whole life and and worked on how those things trickled down to me from
1: my parents, from their parents, and so on and so forth.
0: I think that brings us to a really good point of the positive and negative attributes that we are getting from our ancestors, be they recently passed and we knew them in this lifetime or not. One thing I really like to look at is What did I get from them?
1: Did I get something helpful?
0: Or did I get something that I would rather not deal with?
2: In both cases, though, you learned (laughs) either something to do or something you want to avoid. Yeah. I mean, as crappy as it sounds, right? But you do. Their behavior you learn you don't want to be like that because that's my case. I was like, I don't want to be like that. So I'm not because I witnessed it. Right. And so I learned in the opposite way, an example of what not to be instead of an example of what to be in some cases. And then in some cases, an example of what to be, but aware of that's in my line. That temper is in several of my lines. <laughs> so I try to control it. However, I'm pretty honest about it. You know, so it's that even those kinds of things, just that temper. You know, sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's not at all. And I learned that by watching other people in my
1: family.
0: Mine is manipulation. mm I've watched so many members of my family be manipulative, like kids that aren't behaving. Oh, that's not my grandchild. I don't know who that this person is, but this is not my grandchild and emotionally manipulate you into compliance. And it's, oh. I know that it's been passed down to them. And what they're really trying to say is you're not acting like yourself how can I help? But they don't know how to use those words. They don't know how to say um, and be emotionally vulnerable and feel safe in that. And I know part of my mom, especially my mom really hit that head on in this time because my grandmother and her family was very similar to that. And so was my grandfather and his side, but my mother, deep, deep, deep empath She felt the effect that had on the people. She felt where it came from. She felt the the abuse and the effects of that down the line. And she figured it out for what it was. She didn't try to change them because she knows they're coming from a place of purity. They don't understand. They're not intentionally trying to manipulate people to get what they want. They're trying to clue in. And she would instead go to me. And she'd be like, hey, what's going on? And she would just like, like if you think I'm a bulldozer, <laughs> <laughs> she'd come right up to me, get in my face, what's wrong? What's going on? And she would kind of pull me away from everybody so I could just have the safety of my mom and talk to her. Now, I knew that she was always um, coming from a place of con- straight-up concern because, of course— strong empath as well strong psychic strong medium from the time i was like 6 years old and i would be like okay my mom is pretending to be a little mad at me so that she can get away with pulling me into the corner and everybody being like look at her being a good mom but really she's being a great mom and she's totally got my back here perfectly fine now there's other parts of manipulation that used to run through the family too and i saw my mom Grab right a hold of those and be like, nope, not doing it. And she would call it out for what it was. And I remember thinking, damn, she's a rock star. And she would go home and she would cry about it and she would get all upset because, again, deep empath and she's a Pisces, poor woman. But I just remember looking at her going, okay, that's how we do it. We call it like it is, we don't hide anything and we go straight for it. That made it so much easier for me. To bring that to my kids and start a whole different line of behaviors. We meet things head on. We say it out loud. We don't hide things for the safety and comfort of others who are safe and comfortable in emotions. It's just emotions, you know. It's not like we're getting violent with it. It's really interesting to me to see how many times in a family line I have come in where the abuse has stopped and I am the next generation. And I've worn so many different human faces around this planet coming in to continue that work. And it's always right after the abuse has hit ahead. It's either I've, it's either that, or I've been there when the abuse is hitting ahead so badly that I'm the catalyst for the next generation. And I know I've had a couple of those and I'm like, I don't like looking at those lives, but That kind of so you know how we mine our Akashic records is kind of the long and short of where I'm going with this. When we mine our Akashic records, we're looking at those positive and negative attributes of the ancestral curses and seeing what side we lie on. Did we contribute? Were we curse breakers? Did we perpetuate the patterns? Did we start the patterns? What's our positive and negatives? This also explains why I really like to look over at my off worlder ancestry, by the way. <laughs> like, fuck those humans. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but
2: that's kind of I mean, how it is. That's what I'm saying. The humans, I just... I think there's just a lot of pain tied to it sometimes. So I don't care to look at those as often in some of those lines. The non-corporeals, yeah, I don't mind looking at that ancestry at all. It's huge difference. Completely different feel. And one
4: thing one thing with that that human ancestry is like, okay, so especially in the female line, you existed uh, like your egg existed in your mother, in her mother. Like, and so like a lot of, a lot of indigenous groups, we talk about the seven generations, that's the three generations before us, the three generations after us. And we're right here in the middle. We, we, we consider our ancestors and learn from what they went through. And we consider all those that we will be ancestors to, and what we're leaving for them. Um, but like I think about it sometimes, and I'm like, the the amount of violence in those three generations before me mm. is was mm. just so immense, and I have definitely been that one to break that cycle for sure, and. I honestly don't think that I'm going to have even grandchildren. <laughs> so I'm just like, okay, well, that's probably good that it ended with me.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know I'm going to have grandchildren. I'm
1: like, they're going to be the cutest little fucking light workers ever.
4: I live vicariously through my soul sister. So I have a, I have a soul grandchild.
0: <laughs> there you go. It makes me excited to think about my future grandchildren. Cause I don't think my daughter, she's not really into having kids. She wants to adopt. And I'm like, they're still gonna be my grandkids. I'm not sure about Benny, but I know Bo, my oldest son will have, will have kids. Cause he's just leaning in that line. I'm like, eh kind of got it. And then my kiddo Gavin, who you guys know, I just got custody of him in February and he's officially mine as of April. Whoop, whoop. Um, we did our six month check-in by the way, with the court system. And I was like, yay, going to court for a good reason. <laughs> <It didn't laughs> Made me so happy. They were, they, remember. they were like, how's he doing? I'm like, so great. But anyhow, I know he wants to have kids cause he's already talking about it. So like, I am mentally preparing myself for the fact that I am going to be someone's grandma. At some point or another, I'm going to be that foul-mouthed grandmother. <laughs> like, don't eat that. Don't drink that whiskey. That's for the ancestors. <laughs> Come on, let's learn how to make marinara the way great Nana used to make and great, great Nana used to make. I'm I'm looking forward to things like that um, later on because we all know I'm going to be the kooky grandmother. I have no problem with this. They're all going to know their spell work. Um, but I see like the breakdown of past stigmas in my children already and I was you know in, in the line of ancestry my seven-year-old goes to school and tells people my mom's a witch we do spells together my favorite is when I get to chop the apples and I'm sure that I his see. teachers are like what are they topping the apples for? And I'm like, it's a simmer pot. It's easy. It's fine. Everybody can do it. And he loves to write on the bay leaves when we add them to the simmer pots. And it's almost simmer pot season in my house, which I'm super stoked for. But he tells his teachers all the time. He tells his friends, my mom's a psychic. She knows everything. (laughs) My spirit guides know everything. I don't know about that one. And he tells people all the day. Like all the time. Like, we'll be in the middle of Walmart. And I'm like, my mom's a witch. And I'm like, they did not ask and they are not making eye contact now. But he has no shame about it. He thinks it's great. My daughter um, last winter got invited over to this boy who really liked her, got invited over to their house. And his mom wanted to make them dinner. So she made this big, huge spread for their family. My daughter loved it. She loved being part of it until the mom starts asking questions about what I do. And my daughter, my mom's a psychic and everything went quiet. And then the dad is making scoffing noises. And he's going the whole time for everything my daughter's saying in answer to the mom's questions. And I was talking to um, someone about this earlier today. I was talking to Tiffany about this because her kids are going to be facing similar things. I have never felt so strong and so validated as a mom and as a psychic who is out and proud As when my daughter came home and told me that story of how mad she was at him, she was like, this is supposed to be an adult welcoming me into their home. And this is how they act. And I'm like, look at her breaking the generational trauma that like, first of all, men need to be in charge and you should always defer to adults no matter what. I'm like, yes, look at her go, look at her go. And then she was saying also, you know, I kind of was like, you know, I'm, I'm sorry that you went through that, honey. I'm sorry for that. That had to have been uncomfortable. And she went, I "I don't fucking care. She's like, that guy's a jerk. And she's, and I was like, really? And I said, you didn't feel ashamed or anything because I know I'm not really a conventional mom. She's like, no, I'm proud of you. You work harder than anybody I've ever met. And she went on this whole thing. I'm going to get Misty actually for a second. Hold on. (laughs) She went on this whole thing about how proud she is of me. And she doesn't care that if people want to treat her and me weird because of it, then they have obviously never met me. And I was like, wow. Wow. Talk about breaking some generational curses and traumas of, you know, children should be seen and not heard. They should be quiet. They should not speak their mind, especially women. Watching her. Just bloom like that was so cool. And now of course I pulled aside my other two sons afterwards and said, What about you guys? Because I know Benny and Becca are fine. <laughs> now Bo and Gavin. How do you guys feel about this? And they were like, you know, sometimes people have things to say, but normally they're just asking us for your number. And I'm like, Okay, well, that's what not what we're doing. We are not doing that. Oh yeah, apparently I'm one of the hot moms in town. Oh <laughs> yeah, no. Me, Rock. Well, I was like, in my oversized sweatshirts and leggings, yeah, in my vans, sure, super hot. You know, they make comments to the boys I'm of like, can I have your mom's number? And I'm like, boys, I will tell your dad. <laughs> but I'm so proud of these kids that are coming out of this. Can you imagine if this was 30, 40 years ago? That's not really a long time how they would be expected to behave.
1: So the thing that has been tumbling around in my brain this whole time,
3: looking at my ancestry genealogy, I've always been interested in it, but not particularly called for it. Right. But I have been extremely interested in the link between me and my mom. Um, my mom is also a black sheep of the family and then I am another black sheep of the family and looking at all the things my mom accomplished I don't know it's like at some like she accomplished a shit ton but then at some point I don't know if maybe she came across some kind of inner work that she just still hasn't gotten up to working completely through or something but I don't know at some point it feels like I was handed the baton and didn't know it and then I've picked up the pieces and she has stayed in the same spot and then now that I'm living back here hello spirit thank you for telling me that I'm having a redo of my childhood years um I'm noticing the more i'm doing my work and the more that i'm putting my foot forward in breaking the things that i know like talking about noticing the ways of parenting or the ways of being that like you do want to do or you don't want to do that you've seen happen before right me making my everyday choices with my own kids and my own life deciding okay I've seen how this way plays out. I want to make the effort to do this other option instead. I want to be a better person. I want to be a better mom. I don't want to do the things that made us emotionally unavailable, (laughs) you know? Um, But every day that I put my own foot forward, I'm seeing the ripple effect now. I'm seeing... The con- Like, it's funny, because I'll be sitting there, and all of a sudden, we'll all be in a conversation about parenting, and about how the way that they did wasn't terrible, but there were some things that could have been better, Um and it might get heated for a minute, but, like, overall, we're <laughs> able to come to, like, a civil agreeance, and... I don't know, it's like seeing my mom getting pulled out of whatever funk, kind of like I'm helping pull her mm-hmm. along with me. Mhm, and then i and then I look at my kids and I'm like, I don't want them to have to put up the fight like I am though, so if I can get through all this crap as much as I can,
0: oh, I like that. that's like a recycling of like a' are you sure, yeah. Oh, so you don't get stagnant later on
1: in life. Oh, that's cool. That's literally my life. (laughs) (laughs) No, and then I was... was,
3: This plays into... So I was making a TikTok video right before this because we had the extra time, right? And I was talking about Mm -hmm. the five energy and how this year has been five for me. and. I've noticed really freaking heavily that I'll have a big change and then there's this pause period and then that pause period is when I start to question the shit out of myself and question did I make the right choice? Am I on the right path? Am I doing the right things? Oh my god why isn't anything happening now? What's wrong? And somewhere in there there's a piece of myself that I'm not wanting to face and a lot like a lot lately has been the integration of self and not masking, which my, I learned from my mom, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like, when I get in those slumps, the second I acknowledge the problem and then start, just start. Okay. I'm talking maybe a day or two of putting forth the effort in trying to change, turn the wheel, you know, Mm -hmm. the changes start happening again things start moving again like the wheel starts turning again
0: i wonder if that's the same cycle that burned out our moms because mine is very similar to this where i saw big big changes until i hit like my teenage years and then i saw her slump and like hit a wall with it and almost regress
1: It's like they,
3: it's like they did a lot of heavy lifting. And then when they saw that we could take it, they, they eased off and they were like, Oh my God, thank God. I can, I can stop for a
0: minute. And there's in-depth conversations I've had with my mom in the last few years where I am just very, very different than I ever was growing up. And she'll be like, she shouldn't talk to people like that. She shouldn't talk to me like that. I'm her grandmother. And I'm like, but she's also a human being. And Mm -hmm. I'm solidifying that. Are you sure? Because it would be really easy for me to slip into what I was taught that. Yes, you can have a voice up to a certain point and then you need to get quiet and respectful again. And I'm not doing that with my kids. I'm not teaching them that like, yes, be respectful. Absolutely. You don't want you walking in and being jerk, but you have to stand up for yourself. So if you don't want somebody in your space, in your room, it's okay for you to say that I'm saying no, it's okay. It's, I just keep seeing it as a recycling and not interesting. I do. I see it like a spiral. Like it comes back around again. It's like, a, are you sure? Like that ego balanced ego of, are you sure we're actually encompassing this change? Are we sure we're actually truly healing this and not stopping it from going forward? Are you sure? And when you were saying about like the questioning yourself, am I doing this right? I do that all the time with my kids. Did I do the right thing? Did I do the right thing? Did I do the right thing? All the time. I wonder if that's what burnt out our mothers before us. But now we have a community and we have the knowledge behind it. We have the ability to stop and say, holy crap, have I been able to do this right? And intentionally talk to our spirit guides and our highest self intentionally bounce this off of discord of others just like us that we have access to a vast social media library of people just like us who are feeling the exact same way so we don't feel isolated and tiny and in our own heads all the time Holy shit!
3: yeah because to be honest without the support of like you guys and then other friends that i've found
1: with the same kind of like belief system I probably would have easily just
3: fallen in line done some things differently to an extent but
1: especially when you're right here in it and you're the one trying to make the change and nobody else really it's
0: hard Mm -hmm. Jenny just put something in the chat that caught my eye they didn't have the permission and support to lean into that breaking cycles. Permission. We give each other permission with every bit of support we give each other. Damn. We don't just support, we lift up and build up and we lend our strength to them, to each other. Fuck. Oh, chili yeah. lilies all over.
4: I'm over here having my own like, holy shit moment, because that huge awakening I went through like nine years ago, I remember spirit telling me this, like showing me my mom's life and being like, she was supposed to break this pattern. And now
0: this is yours to carry. And like, this is coming full circle right now. I'm just like, my mind is blown. (laughs) So Michelle just put something in the chat too. And now the sympathy I have for my mom is insane.
3: Oh, yeah. I, when I go to actually thinking about it, it makes me quite emotional a lot of the time because I look at her as what I could have been. You know, like without
1: one, her support and all the work that she put in, like without that foundation, I no way I would be where I'm at. And then to look
3: at her and see like the position that she's still in today, you know, with her own insecurities and her own like relationship stuff and just the same problems I have with connecting with the fellow people, you know,
0: Do you think it would be different and easier for her if she had a gift focus session like you have and has been able to learn how to use her gifts?
3: If she were open to it, yeah.
0: That's what I wonder about my mom. If when my mom was in her 30s and 40s and learned truly how to use her gifts, and I mean, granted, we were raised in a spiritual family, but what if she really learned how to use all of it? And not just use it, but be protected by it and get strong in it and balance the ego and all the things like I'm just thinking about how multifaceted the gift focus session is. You know, we do a lot in that session. And if she was taught how to to truly balance it all, how different would my mom's
1: current life be for her if she knew then
0: what we all know now?
1: Ours would be
3: drastically different, so especially between thirty and forty uh, my middle brother's dad he was an abusive alcoholic narcissist that is where I get a lot of my trauma from because um, that was between the ages of five and ten for me um, after she divorced him, things got very 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 ugly um and it nearly broke her and she never recovered really and if she would have had the backing with spirit like the connection and the ability to talk to them even just to freaking complain and say oh my god this crazy man is ruining (laughs) my life if she would have just had that That probably would have saved her so much strength because she just like raw dogged it, you know, Mm. with her own pure, resilient strength, which is a thing that was also handed down to me, which is a blessing and a curse, I believe.
0: So, yeah, because, you know, your strength, you're apt to shoulder it by yourself for far too long.
1: Yeah. honestly the empathy that i have developed for both my parents
4: because i can actually see so much more now of how they did a lot of work in breaking the cycles as well because what they grew up in was even worse and what their parents grew up in was even worse because that was the boarding school generation and then like you know that. Just the empathy that I've developed for where they are now. And honestly, I, you had told me that they basically switched out at some point, which I believe 100% because I 100% thought they got replaced by pod people. But my relationship with them now is so different. And we have these big conversations and we talk about cycles and we talk about trauma and we talk about all these things and i just look back and they they were so young my mom was 15 when she became a mom with me and i just can't imagine that being a child
0: yeah i can't imagine my 16 year old daughter having a daughter i can't even imagine that babies having babies and it was perfectly normal then like by the time you were 19 oh you're gonna be an old spinster nobody's gonna want you Brain isn't even fully developed yet. What the fuck are you talking about? Right. Still, still got a soft spot.
1: Relax, bud.
0: <laughs> Damn. Well, it's good that our future generations have us, even if it's not direct blood tie. They'll have us whenever they need us, they'll have our lessons, and that will go forward. That will pass on because it's now in the earth it's not just in the dna our behaviors are now in the earth we have definitely hit the hour for this one and i am looking forward to talking about off-worlders though next and non-corporeal being family and ancestry on the other side in the after dark thank you guys so much for joining and listening to us for the last hour talk about ancestry and share our experience. This has been the Sweet Release Healing Roundtable. I'm Andrea Lovett from Sweet Release Healing. Thank you so much, Antoinette. Thank you, Charity. Thank you, Carleen. And thank you to our fantastic producers, Morgan and Sharon. Love you guys. Take care, love yourselves, and love each other. Mwah. Bye, babies.